People continue to want to put Russell Westbrook in the city of Charlotte. How legitimate are those chances? We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll finish our conversation with Richard Stamen of Locked On NBA Big Board. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for joining us and bring home a slam dunk. Introducing NBA Jam Shack Edition from Arcade One Up. Pre-order now to play with Legends Arcade One Up is the place for authentic gaming experiences featuring licensed retro gra- uh, games from the golden age of arcades. I once Boom shakalaka. I once talked to that guy, Tim Kitzrow. He does a lot of these like car wash type of interviews with everybody where he's just right. bang, bang, puffing out content. And his whole shtick is just doing all of those sound bites the throughout the interview so you can ask him a question hey where are you from and he'll say boom shakalaka i'm from wherever the hell that's the way he rolls but tim kitzrow shout out and shout out to nba jam shack edition awesome edition from arcade one up thanks for making us your first listen we're free and available everywhere you get your podcast that includes youtube where we just broke the barrier of 2,000 subscribers thank you thank you to all the people yeah that's so there yeah, so good. I mean, we were up in November. We're up at 2,000 subscribers now. We had some B costumes, some face paint along the way. If you go to Facebook, you like us a thousand times. We'll even have Doug put on a grandmama costume. If we get to 500 likes, then we're going to bring back the Matt Geiger fact of the day. So here's my we've thing: got a whole like, bunch of stuff. Facebook accounts are free. Okay, how much do you want this? How much do you want to see me in a grandmama outfit? Make a fake Facebook account. Come on, everybody's doing it. It's like the thing now to do. Make a fake Facebook account and do do something good with it. Don't try to steal an election. Don't try to mess with an election like the <laughs> Russians did. Uh, do something productive with it, like make me dress like grandmama. I don't think everybody's making a fake Facebook account. I think you just no, accused not. that. But right. that's fine. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but you can. You can. Nothing is stopping you. You can do that. You see it on Catfish all the time, except just use this Catfish account to like Facebook yeah. Like Lockdown make it. Hornets that's what I'm saying. Facebook. Make a catfish account, but don't use it for evil. That's what I'm saying. Don't use it for evil. Use it for good, which is to make me dress up like grandmama. Yeah, don't do some, you know, love lost person that just desperately wants a significant other. That is a remarkably small cup of coffee. <laughs> you that like is, that? <laughs> that is. What is? Well, what the, is that? Well, this and is, doesn't even work. Yeah. Is that well, Cuban coffee? Of course. It, yes, it's coffee. Uh, I don't know if I can dip the cup down. Yeah, you can see that's coffee. Um, it's an espresso cup, but I'm I have just regular coffee in it. I'm trying to reduce my coffee consumption. Um, okay, getting the jitters a little bit in the afternoon. You know, I'm not getting a lot of sleep, and so I've been like counteracting that with coffee. Anyway, we're getting way off. We got plenty to talk about. But yes, oh, now, the coffee the coffee cup is <laughs> comically small. Did you get that from your baby's doll set? That's what I want to know. Well, I feel like a giant. You know. Yeah, it's nice. Pinky out. Peek out, sip your extremely tiny cup of coffee. You look great. You look chic. You look. This is what you get with the YouTube, folks. Yeah, you uh, you would see this is the world's smallest cup of coffee. All right, let's talk about these Russell Westbrook rumors because Kevin O'Connor is at it again. He's the guy. Damn you, KOC. Trying to put Russell Westbrook in the city of Charlotte. Trying to get rid of Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, which honestly, that's fine. But don't do that and put Russell Westbrook alongside LaMelo Ball. 
So he takes the basketball out of LaMelo Ball's hand. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go to Twitter, you can see KOC start to continue to talk. I mean, really continue to talk about this trade um, where you would send Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward to the Lakers in exchange for Russell Westbrook. And Eric Barnes, who I believe interacts with us sometimes on Lockdown Hornets. So shout out to Eric. If that's not true, then I'll still give you a shout out. It doesn't matter. Um, KOC said, would you rather keep Russ into the season or trade Russ now to Charlotte for Hayward and Rozier? Keeping Russ into the season opens more potential opportunities for trades than might be available this offseason. He was talking about the Lakers benefit. Eric Barnes puts out KOC. You got to know Charlotte's never doing that trade. Yet you want to appeal to the Lakers fan base and give them hope. You're selling dreams. KOC said not true. Fact. If Bridges is retained, Hornets want to move long-term salary. It's about best setting the organization up for years to come, not just this upcoming season. I'll let you put your thoughts out there first on what Kevin O'Connor had to say about this quote-unquote potential deal. I think they have to explore options. I think the team has to explore options to move salary if they are going to retain Bridges for $25 million or for $30 million or for whatever the number ends up being because, you know, with Bridges at, even with Bridges at $25 million, you're already over the cap. Um, so you've got to then get creative in terms of retaining PJ Washington, or you know when when you eventually get into the Lamelo discussions. So it just it's it, it behooves them to to try to move off some of this long term money with assets like you know Terry Rozier. I mean Terry Rozier's in for another four years, and put, pairing him alongside Lamelo Ball, unless there's some significant defensive improvement for from one or both of those players doesn't really make any sense long-term. And and Terry Rozier off the bench, I don't know if that makes sense long-term. So they've got to explore these things. But I, I am a little, I am a little uh, like frustrated by the idea of the Hornets continuing to set up the organization for years to come. Like, it just feels like this organization has been doing that forever. I'm ready for this team to compete. I think that's that should be the primary focus. If, they're, if, if along the way they can also achieve the goal of loosening up the books to bring in additional talent – uh, but you got you know, the the Golden State Warriors are proving it right now. You spend money to win championships, and and so I, it's just they've been spending money in the wrong places. So how can they how can they get off this money and then spend it in the right places? The macro idea of this is fine that you want to get off of Gordon Hayward's two years left on his deal and Terry Rozier's four left on his contract that he signed. That's a fine enough assumption yeah. to think that the Hornets might want to do that. Okay, for sure. Not for Russell Westbrook, even if he only has one more year left on his deal, because you can't punt on this season. You know, and that's what Kevin O'Connor doesn't address. He can say it's all about the long-term future success. That's still true. But you can't punt on next season, especially when you fire James Borrego because you just got destroyed in the last two play-in games. And you right. haven't reached a playoff, a pl- any type of playoff series since the Miami Heat series where Purple Shirt Guy comes in and ruins it in Game 7, but also Dwayne Wade has a little part in that. That was it. That's the last time you've had postseason success. It was that, and then it was the other time against the Orlando Magic when the Bobcats reached the playoffs. I mean, Those are the only two playoff appearances that you really have to not even brag about, but to look at. So... LaMelo Ball will be in his third season next year. Mm -hmm. By that season's conclusion, he will be extension eligible. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be important to put something attractive in front of LaMelo. Say, hey, stay here in Charlotte because we're building something the right way. And if you bring Russell Westbrook in because you're punting on winning, how does that help? 
Like that that's the whole problem with all of this. If you want to move off of Terry and Gordon, fine. But there's got to be another way to explore. And if not, then this this deal isn't worth it. This deal isn't worth it. Yeah, well, whatever your feelings are towards uh, Terry Rozier, especially because he was a big contributor for the Hornets last year, and and Gordon Hayward has the potential to be a significant contributor for this team if if healthy. And really, an availability both, question for Gordon. Yeah, not that sure, he sucks. totally, totally. But but moving both of those players in exchange for Westbrook, who at at best, you, you know, you you find an opportunity to not play him and and pay him to not play. Or, or, but I think at worst he ends up playing and and could be a, a significant uh, detriment to the development of Lamelo mm-hmm. Ball, in my opinion. So I, I think this would be a long term bad move for the Hornets because your long term future really hinges on convincing Lamelo Ball that this is a place that can legitimately win a championship. And I I don't know if that particular move is a great start to that argument. Well, and, and it's a good point. It is important to speak under the context that Russell Westbrook plays for the Hornets. If you can move off of Russell by buying that contract out, there are other moves to be made after this one, then fine. But, but it invite, it all, also that idea of paying him not to play, that invites just so much distraction, so much controversy. Again, going back to your point that it would really, I think, um, nuke the season. I don't like it. Plus, you know, Terry Rozier, as much as I don't love the contract for Terry, I don't think that it goes south as soon as next season. You know, it's nice to capitalize on what has to be his max value for this deal. I I can't imagine you get a, you know, that, that doesn't get better as the contract goes on, just because I think this is the ceiling in which Terry Rozier can provide for a team, if that makes sense. The only reason that contract gets more attractive is because the years come off of it. But mm-hmm. it's not because Terry has this other gear to hit. You know, this this is peak Terry, and it's good. He's helping the team. But it, it's not going to take place over the next four years. I also don't think it's going to go so south where you can't move off of it this upcoming season. Gordon's gets worse by the day because he's older. He's past 30. We know about his injury history. Still, I just, if Russell Westbrook plays for this team in that trade, then that that's not the one that I'm willing to pull the trigger on. All right. Speaking of some vets, how will these vets for the Charlotte Hornets maybe pair up with some of the rookies that are in the NBA draft? Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We will finish our conversation with Richard Stamen. We've had a couple of segments throughout the last week. We will finish it up with a name game, put a whole bunch of prospects in front of his face. He picks which one he likes better and also which one he likes better for the Charlotte Hornets. I just talked about NBA Jam. You heard Doug, boom shakalaka. We have big news. The one, the only NBA Jam. It's back. Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game ever back but they've made it bigger than ever with a wait for it shack edition machine people are obsessed with them nba jam i'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with nba legends in this arcade classic jump clear across the court set the ball on fire all that good stuff and one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized nba licensed teams no fouls no free throws it's so good no quarters required compete with the opposite of the nba finals that's true it is exactly that and uh, compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever, too. Pre-order now from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade, the number one, up. 
Arcade1UP.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade 1UP is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. Check this out. They are giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at Arcade1UP.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com, slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? All right, we'll finish up our conversation with Richard Stamen coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. All right, so, so we've got Al, or we've got the question, how? Like, how did Miles do that? Can you help us end this debate with so much and unbelievable amount on the line uh doug i respected in the nth degree um but walker i'm telling you it just it came it every single person who saw that reacted that way some of us just were tight that's right tighter than others and i just had to release this from my body it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Richard Statement of Locked On NBA Big Board joining us for one final segment to talk about all of these prospects. He liked what we did in the ultimate mock draft. We talked a little bit about the big guys, why Walker Kessler is ranked in the 70s for him, but why Mark Williams doesn't really have, you know, it's not a huge gap between him and Jalen Duran. So either one of those guys would be a good fit for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, let's ask some cliche questions, some questions I've, I'm sure you've answered a million times at this point in the draft process. Says we talked about being scared of fallers, right? Somebody that's projected to go top 10 and then maybe they're selected at 25 for some reason, guys that fall to the second. Who is potentially that player who you think uh, could be that biggest faller in this year's draft? Yeah, I think it's Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think he's he takes the cake. Uh, he's somebody who I would say is most recently as April, he was still a guy mocked around 20 or so, uh, around where he, the Hornets traded back for in the ultimate mock draft. And I think he might go in the forties. It really wouldn't surprise me. I don't know anything that has been good that has come out for him in the last two months. Um, Who's the most likely to fall out of the lottery that, that is projected right now to be in the lottery. Tari Eason. I think he's head and shoulders Uh, for the reasons we talked about earlier, just that basketball IQ, uh, the off the court potential concerns just about him motor, Things like that, just the overall intangibles, I think, might drive him out of the lottery. Yeah. So um, who's the player you're most unsure about yourself, Richard? Like, it's just hard to get a grip on. You think they're going to be good, but, man, if, if they if they just can't get this one skill set, it might never work out for them. Who's the player that comes to mind? Yeah, there's it's always the one skill that throws me off, and that's shooting, and there's two players that come to mind. Dyson Daniels from the G League Ignite, because I don't know how much I trust his shot, and then Jeremy Sohan, because I do not trust his shot at all. And I don't think he's that great of an athlete, but he has everything else that you would want in a player. So it's really hard to, to figure those skills out. Like what's a fatal flaw and what's a limiter. Um, go ahead, Doug, before I have, uh, before this, uh, or before the name game, well, go very, ahead. Well, I, well, we just asked him, you know, who's the toughest player to get a grip on. I would like to know literally who is the tough. You've seen a lot of players and then these guys sweat. Okay. And so what I would like to know is of these players, who would be literally the most difficult to get your hands around, to get a grip on because they're so sweaty? Oh, no, this is so easy. Do you all remember the story about Paolo Boncaro sweating multiple pounds? Oh, I pounds? do, actually. Yeah, all right. he sweats you... like multiple pounds a game or something off. Easily him. I would not want to go near that guy. 
Like, there's a reason he's so unguardable. Maybe it's not his skill set. That's true. Well, I mean, I think he's got a deodorant commercial in his future, number one. Number two, that's actually that could actually be an issue. I, I don't know if you remember this one. So this is kind of funny because you look like this player, Cody Zeller, which we've mentioned before on the show. If you're not if you're not watching on YouTube, this How'd guy you is a dead ringer yeah, for the Zeller family. He looks like the fourth Zeller. I think there, there are three of them, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there were three of them. You're the fourth yeah, Zeller. And uh, but Cody Zeller used to sweat a lot and wasn't drinking enough water. And at one point, like had to be out a few games because he was so dehydrated that was affecting his health. So you got to watch that, that sweat. Yeah, I, I like I, Doug's con- contributions over the last couple of segments have been <laughs> pedigree and it's been to make sure you drink water and you got yourself an NBA draft prospect. Are you ready to play the name game, Richard? You ready to I do am. this with us? All Let's right. Let's do this. So, so the name game, it will be like kind of semi rapid fire. We have a, a few minutes left to go in the segment. I did want to start with my dilemma at the 20th pick, the ultimate mock draft. And so two guys that I like were available. Jalen Williams and Blake Wesley was the other consideration that I had there. I like Blake Wesley. I think defensively, he's really good, has the capability, right? But again, Jalen is probably my favorite player, just favorite prospect, not best, but favorite in the draft. So we'll start with that one, you know, head to head, Jalen Williams or Blake Wesley. I'm going Jalen Williams. He doesn't have a fatal flaw like Blake Wesley potentially could with that jump shot. Um, what about Jalen Williams or Ochai Abaji? I think I'm going Ochai Abaji. Uh, okay. I been a big fan since he took off his red shirt in his uh in his freshman year and I, I realized the delivery of what I just said but uh, <laughs> as you're literally wearing a red shirt <laughs> yeah that's but, that's correct uh, <laughs> that's, yeah I'm not a red shirt but I am wearing one <laughs> but he's just so athletic I think his defense is a, a motor issue not necessarily a skill issue like it's hard being the first option and playing defense in college but I think he suits just the NBA role of off-ball player. I think he's an elite shooter and elite shooters that have great athleticism or just general feel for the game. They stick in this league. And we will hear like Desmond Bain, he was picked at 30, top five player in the draft. Oche is going to be a borderline top 10 player in this draft. Okay. Why? okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'd like I'd like to play the name game too if you don't if you don't mind. I was going to try to I was going to try to reel you in as the leader, but of course you interrupted again. Go ahead, Doug. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm Just a serious person and question. I have serious I have serious name game here. You ready? Yes. Teen Wolf versus Billy Hoyle from White Men Can't Jump. Well, look, you you're going up against a superhero. There's clearly a better player, but if you want to be someone, I'd rather be Billy Hoyle, I think. I didn't ask you. No. I asked our draft expert, are you drafting Teen Wolf or are you drafting Billy Hoyle? I don't know. I mean, Billy wasn't exactly a good decision maker. True. But also, do you uh, want to be a werewolf? I guess that's the trade-off, right? Like, would you rather be a werewolf or would you rather just make some bad decisions in life? Well, I mean, it depends. Is the werewolf like a good decision maker? I, that's really the big <laughs> difference maker can, for me. He can literally jump out of the gym, Richard. Like, he doesn't need to be a well, decision. The, problem, yeah, the decision well, is the, jump from the three-point line. Well, the problem was I don't think that he was quite aware of the decisions he was making while he was the teen wolf. I think that was part of the issue. Uh, you said aware, by the way. That was pretty nice on your part. Let's get he back wasn't, to the real. He wasn't a werewolf, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I mean, he was he was surfing on cars. I mean, how could you, you know, 
It's some questionable decision making. For sure. All right, let's get back to the game. Uh, Ochai Abaji or Malachi Branham. I, I love Branham too, Richard. Like that was a guy that was taken 14th in the mock draft. What do you think about those two head to head? That's a tough one because I think I, I have them back to back on my big board. So that is a very difficult. You can go fit with the Hornets if that makes sense. Like if that's a different qualifier for you. Yeah, I would say the the qual that if that's the tiebreaker, I'm going Oche with Baji. Uh, again, I just think you look at guy who could potentially play defense, can shoot the lights out at any motion. I think that's going to be a difference maker. Malachi Branham's the raw upside guy, but Oche is the guy who you plug and play for years. So I have a couple uh, Lewis, more. Lewis Scott from Celtic Pride, the 1996 movie where he was kidnapped by Dan Aykroyd and the the other bad guy from Home Alone versus Air Bud. Who you drafting? Man, I don't even. I, I honestly don't know the first one. I'm going Air Bud, and also Air Bud is like an, a generation. You, you gotta go back and watch Celtic Pride. It may be problematic. These any any movie from the 90s, you have to be careful. But I remember <laughs> enjoying it. 5.3 on IMDb though, so maybe watch out. Yeah, yeah I'm going are. with the generational athlete. Judd Apatow, story by Judd Apatow, screenplay by Judd Apatow. Wow, a little early Apatow movie. Anyway, what are we talking about? All right, Richard, the next one I'm going to go with. I know you were worried about the shot for Dyson Daniels. So with that worry being there, is that enough for you to uh, also pick a Baji here? Uh, man, I this is unpopular. I think, man, I, I know there are times where I think I should go against my gut, and this is probably one of them. I'm going to stick with my gut, though, and be wrong. Uh, and I'm going to go with Oche Baji. I'm not too confident. But again, he has just that like that yeah. elite skill. So I, I go with him. All right. Two, two more then. We're going to try to go up the board and make you think I about have it one more as well. Ultimately go. Well, yeah. Let, let me get at least this one in first. All right. What about what about Johnny Davis or Ochai Abaji? Who, who are who you're taking between those two guys? That's Still? also back to back on my board. I have Johnny Davis by a hair uh, just okay. because I think he has self-creation ability. In okay. okay. Doug, get your last one in. Uh, all right, so I have uh, – let's see here. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Well, this will be a good one. So how about um, like the kid from Like Mike, Little Bow Wow. I don't know what his – I'm trying to get his It's, it's actual Michael Jordan's abilities. That's going to be tough to beat. You know, the shoes come with Michael Jordan's talent. Right. So Bow Wow is Calvin Cambridge from mm. Little, Mi uh, Little Mike. Like Mike. Thank you. Did he play for the Nets? No, he played for the – Played for the, the Knights. Knights. He played for the, the L.A. Knights. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like Mike getting his powers from the shoes versus Michael Jordan from Space Jam. Question, uh, qualifier question. Is this Michael Jordan when he walks in the gym and is still wearing a suit and like gets bounced around by the Monstars? Or is this in the actual game where he t actually uses his steroids? Yeah. Well, the steroids, that's a, that's a bold accusation. You no. just accused, uh, this is going to be on Locked On Sports today. You just accused, Richard Stamen just accused Michael Jordan of taking steroids. We've no, this been is aggregated before, Richard. So it was, it was special stuff, which I think is what Miles Bridges was drinking Secret. in his double cup. Secret um, stuff. <laughs> no, this is, uh, this is Michael Jordan in his prime versus like Mike in the shoes. No, I, I think it's easily Michael Jordan. Like Mike didn't face real competition. That's true. Play for the Knights. <laughs> it's, it's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but Calvin Cambridge, I, I guess, did. You know, uh, Dirk Nowitzki asked Calvin for his autograph in that movie. Final one, Johnny Gerald Davis. Wallace. Gerald Wallace was in that movie, by the way. 
Gerald Wallace is also great. Would you rather go with Johnny Davis or AJ Griffin, who seems to be also kind of sliding and being a little bit all over the place in these mock drafts? Man, if both hit, it's AJ Griffin. Uh, the problem is I don't know if both hit. I think Johnny Davis is pretty safe. He's a weird guy because a lot of people have just started to really sour on him because he peaked in the season early. AJ Griffin was the opposite and started the season actually terribly because he was still coming off the injury. Couldn't really play more than 20 minutes a game. Uh, but you look at how he closed the season. I think he gained some of that explosiveness back. A lot of people talk about his defense. For example, they, they say, Oh, he was horrible on defense, which for the most part is right. But I think a lot of it had to do with the injury. You look at him in an NBA pace and environment, and I think he actually holds up pretty well with his frame and athleticism. And then on offense, great shooter, and I think he really knows how to attack closeouts and pass off of those drives, and I think that's a big separator for him. All right. Sounds good. That's Richard Stamen just putting up with all of our foolishness here on the Lockdown I feel informed. I feel enlightened. Mm -hmm. I think we got a lot done here. I think we decided a lot. Um, yeah, thank you, Richard. Please go listen to Lockdown NBA Big Board. Please go follow him on Twitter Do it. at Matt's I'm serious. Draft. I've been I've been mildly mm-hmm. threatening you in these yeah. previous segments, but I'm serious. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA Big Board. I'm I'm coming to your house. And we we, we I mean, look, you don't even want to you don't you don't want any of that based off what you heard today. I'm gonna like, yeah, I'm gonna it. go to your house and I'm going to just yell into your windows asking you name games for right. fictional basketball players. Maybe that you've never seen before. Richard, thank you for putting up with all of that. You've been great throughout the entire snippets that we've been putting out there. Thanks once again. Sydney Dean versus Juana Man. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. I I appreciate it. Thank you for putting up with all of that. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) Okay. God, you made this so awkward, Doug. It's unreal. That's Doug (laughs) Branson also of the Locked on Hornets podcast. And that's Richard Staben. Make sure you go check him out. Locked on NBA Big Board. Also at Mavs Draft. Thanks to everybody for putting up with this. Hopefully you learned a little bit about the NBA draft prospects, playing the name game, the big guys that are available for possibly the Hornets to select at 13 or 15. Make sure you stick with us throughout the rest of the week here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks again to Richard Stamen. Some fun stuff from him. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll recap some of Richard Stamen's thoughts. We'll also get to Montrez Harrell in the news. And there's another Jake Fisher piece of information regarding the Charlotte Hornets, as there always is every single week of this offseason. We'll talk about all of that coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Not before we talk about Rock Auto, though, a longtime partner of the podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning you don't have to do that anymore save time and money when using rock auto it's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you they have an amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com one last segment to go on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is his oh, name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he, he, Matt he Thomas. Didn't play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me in an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Hey. 
finishing up Locked On Hornets. An excellent segment from Richard Stamen and Doug just tried to put a firework, just put a whole bunch of flares. Boom, boom. Pay attention to me and completely derail the segment. Thank you. It wasn't about it wasn't about me. It was about settling some debates. It's about the listener. (laughs) The listener wanted to know. I'm just serving the list every day. One they 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 came in to check out Air Bud to see if he would be a good Hornets prospect. I think we learned a lot, honestly. <laughs> I think you're right. I actually think yes, sarcastically and also truthfully, very legitimately. So I think you're right. One of the things about him, um, Richard Stamen, I, I think the guy that he's highest on compared to maybe general consensus is Ochai Obaji. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where I think it, it seems like the consensus probably has him around like 13 or 15. We threw a lot of names at him and he chose Abaji over a lot of those names. I, I forget, you know, who exactly we broke him with. Right. There was finally somebody that we put there that he chose the other player. But it, it took a while. And the way I constructed that was I was you know trying to be in the same neighborhood, right, of where guys were going. And he still just kept choosing Abaji. Very real play for the Charlotte Hornets, Doug. Thing is. I'm not as high on Abaji as Richard Stamen is. You know, what would you feel if you saw Abaji's name called out as the Hornets' 13th or 15th pick? I think as the 15th pick, it makes sense. I'm not sure that it makes a ton of sense at 13 over names like Mark Williams or Jalen Duran. I would be much higher on on those players than Abaji, but I wouldn't be upset with it. I mean, Abaji uh, is someone uh, high basketball IQ uh, has. Uh, some defensive tools, uh, knows knows a lot about the game, can come in and immediately contribute. And the Hornets have issues with wing defense, and and I think he could come in and be one of those pieces that you need to win a play-in game, to win in the playoffs. I mean, he feels like that kind of piece that's going to be in the league for a long time. Not really certain he's going to be any kind of star in the league, uh, but you know, you're you're watching in the NBA Finals now. You need all of these little pieces to to, to make up the hole, and I think Abaji. Uh, as as guaranteed as you can be about any of this, I feel like he's a, he's a guarantee somebody that's going to be in the league for a long time. Yes, I think when people give the three and D tab to players coming out of the draft, it often limits their upside. And I think yeah. that happened with you know a guy that I love, Devin Vassell. It's like oh, he's a three and D guy. Who cares? But you know, I, I really thought there was a lot more to his game. I thought he was a good passer. I thought he could put the ball on the deck and actually create for himself. With Ochai Abaji, I do think that is just strictly 3 and D. He, he doesn't have the handles that I like. I think, mm. you know, Stamen thinks some of the defensive issues, especially team defense, are coachable. And yeah. it's probably true. The problem is, like, when you bake that into him being a four-year player at Kansas, like, I think that loses a little bit when you talk about an 18, 19, 20-year-old coming out of college saying, hey, they have time to actually work on this, that that should have probably been worked out at least to some degree in college. And so those are some of the reservations that I have. He can shoot. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I don't think he passed very well, right? Like, I think it's it's very strictly defense and three-point shooting that Abaji is going to contribute. And so those are just some of the reasons I like a a Malachi Branham, a couple of these other guys a little better. Um, But the name game, Johnny Davis would be very interesting. You know, he, he likes Johnny Davis. Um, And even with all that being said, go back to the first segment that we played uh, with Richard Stamen. He said he liked the Mark Williams pick with Abaji on the board. It's like, look, this is, this is very good. Like it fills a need. He really likes Mark Williams too. He's probably higher on him than a lot of people are. So yeah, like ultimately 
it looks like you might have some pretty decent options if you're the Hornets. Yeah, the real problem with the with the Abaji pick at either 13 or 15 is that, you know, from from my perspective, the Hornets are playing with a little bit of house money at this point with this 13th and 15th pick, right? Because they've got two players in James Booknight and Kai Jones that they they really don't know what they have because they didn't play a lot last yeah. season. You've got JT Thor, who you do actually know can can legitimately be like a good defensive player for you um, down the line or maybe even as soon as next season. So they've got a lot that they've got to work through the system right now, right? So 13 and 15 feels a little house money. Why wouldn't you take a bit more of a risk there with at least one of those picks? You may not even make both of those picks, but if you are going to make both of those picks, then I feel like one has to be looking for that Giannis opportunity, and Abaji is not going to be a Giannis opportunity. Well, you know, speaking of that 15th pick, Jake Fisher put out there in his column where he kind of updates everybody on what he's hearing throughout that week leading up to the NBA draft, leading up to free agency. Yes, we have another Miles Turner storyline. At least it's been a while. At least we've <laughs> not talked about him for like a month or so, something like that, which is actually pretty long. Forgot about Miles Turner. Yeah, Miles Turner, just like Frank Vogel, those Indiana guys we'll forget about sometimes. But Miles Turner. Jake Fisher mentioned that that's all, you know, Charlotte's always long considered been a uh, potential landing spot for Miles. And it, he also mentions that the Hornets are willing to move off of that 15th overall selection. And I'm telling you right now, I would have no problem trading the 15th overall pick for Miles Turner. I don't know if that alone gets it done. So what else would you contribute there? Do you give a, you know, do you go 45 and 15? And is that enough to get it done? Do you go, you know, I, do you want to go Kai Jones or do you want to go James Booknight? And then, you know, that the, that's what you really have to consider. And that would be quite a bit, right? A former first round pick, another first round selection here to trade for Miles Turner. Those those are going to be some discussions to be had. What do you make of Miles Turner rearing his head again on the possible uh, on the possible trade block in order for Charlotte to pursue. This is nothing unique about Miles Turner. This is any yeah. you know de decent center prospect Poor that guy. that people feel like the Hornets would have a shot at versus some other teams. Um, so the, these names were Sean Holmes. Uh, you know, all, all of these guys are just going to pop up in all of these rumors. Now, I was looking to see if the Pacers have a trade exception to make that. Um, swap without any compensation they do and multiple trade exceptions so uh this this could work for the uh, uh, for where those come from yeah well doug mcdermott edmund sumner jeremy lamb okay. trade so they've got a seven million i don't know how it works in terms of combining but they do have some trade exceptions so it's possible that kind of thing works to move uh to move miles turner it's interesting i mean yeah you know, if you're not sending any young talent, I'm cool with it, I, I, I suppose. 15, the 15th pick, again, uh, you know, I think if it was their only first-round pick, I would be hesitant, but they do have the 13th pick. If it's the 15th pick straight up for him and that works in all of the CBA machinations, then I'm okay with it. I, I, that's like yeah, one of the rare scenarios where I would be okay with it because I am concerned yeah. about the injury and, you know, about what you would have to invest in him long-term. Well, and again, right, like you're, you know, talking about matching salaries. Sometimes when I talk about trades, I forget the matching salary part. Like I'm talking about the actual exchanging of value. You know, you could yeah. put a Kelly Oubre there. You could put Mason Plumley there, whatever you need to do to, to match the salaries that right. Hornets don't really care about losing. But the value going out, Booknight, Kai Jones, and, and that 15th pick, maybe the 13th pick, right? Like it's only 
two selections down, you know, if you, you would get out of the lottery, but only barely. So, you know, maybe that would be something they'd want to move off of too. Um, all right. Speaking of centers, Doug, last thing we'll touch on here before we end today, Montrez Harrell in the news today, um, in the news yesterday. So this was written, um, on the Charlotte observer, Rod Boone had this article, Montrez Harrell facing a felony drug charge in Kentucky after police said they found three pounds of marijuana in his car during a traffic stop. Uh, to continue on, he said Harrell was pulled over by a Kentucky state trooper near Richmond around 10 a.m. on May 12th. So this has been in the game for about a month now. After he was allegedly mm. following the car in front of him too closely, the officer said he, quote, observed odor of marijuana um, from the car. And Harold then admitted to being in possession of, of marijuana and produced a small amount in his sweatpants. That's quote right here from the report. Officers then searched the car. Harold had rented this car. Then they found three pounds of weed in a vacuum sealed bags in a backpack in the back seat. So, you know, he was charged with trafficking less than five pounds of marijuana. That's a class D felony in the state. It's punishable by up to five years in prison, fine up to $10,000, uh, scheduled to be arraigned on Monday morning in Madison County, which sits just south of Lexington. That's some of the write-up in the Charlotte Observer. You know, look, man, the Hornets have been in the news, <laughs> you know, with this Miles Bridges thing where he posts a picture of what looks like lean, but we're not exactly sure what it is, right? Montrez Harrell now, he gets busted with three pounds of marijuana in his car. There, There's a few things to get to here, to be honest with you, Doug, like, Okay, so, you know, I just, I, I don't care personally. Like, you can come at me all you want to. Like, yeah, don't have three pounds of weed in your car, for sure. Don't, don't do that. Like, you know, Montrose Harrell has a ton of money. You know, don't want to put yourself in that, mm -hmm. in that situation. At the same time, do I personally care that he had three pounds of weed in his car? I, ju I just can't get there. I just can't get to the point where I care. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, well, go ahead. Well, in a, in a va yeah, in a vacuum, I don't care. I, I think you... In a vacuum-sealed bag? I think as care? an organization... Well, I don't even... Honestly, whatever. I mean, I, yeah, if it's... Um, it was a joke, yeah, right. Yeah, vacuum, <laughs> it's the vacuum-sealed vacuum bag. bag that really... <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. it's the following too close, honestly. I think they should they should throw away the key on that. It's like, well, I hate like, when people... I hate when people follow me too close. I, it's, just, it's one of the things, my biggest pet peeve on the road. People follow me too close. Like, get off my booty. And uh, so, yeah, uh, no, but seriously, so I don't care about it in a vacuum, whether he had weed or not. What I, what I think I care about from an organizational standpoint is you can't have players committing felonies. Like you have to understand what the law is and what you, you know, can and can't get away with. So I think that's that's the big problem. I, but I will say this. I put the chances of Montrezl Harrell returning as a Charlotte Hornet pretty low before this. I would put that at about 0% now. It didn't look good because Harrell uh, expressed frustration at the end of the season with how he was used, and he was a midseason trade, and it didn't look like he had any prospect of starting next season, in my opinion. So, you know, and it looked like he wanted to start. So I had said, uh, it's not very likely he comes back. Now I'd say that that's going to set it probably zero. You know, when we had this conversation with Miles, too, it's very different, right? This guy, you know, Mont Montrose Harrell got busted with it just straight up, you know, and it's completely, but it's it's completely different what we insinuate, right? Lean, very different than weed, even if you do have a large amount of weed on you at the time, if you're Montrose Harrell, you know, the, th the thing being, it's like, I, I don't know how much this is going to affect either one of these guys. Have we already forgotten about Miles at this point? You know, did they... Did they issue a drug test? Because the NBA had that power. If you do have a reasonable, if you have something reasonable to go off of, which they kind of did, then 
then you're allowed to put that test out there. And who knows if that happened? Who knows if it's going to happen? I, I'm not exactly sure, but we don't have anything on that front. Thing with Montrez Harrell is like we have this we have this class D felony and yeah and, yeah take away I don't care about any of the moral things or things that you think about weed or 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 any of that there there is one like irresponsibility kind of thing that you could tag onto it and say again don't commit a felony uh, or 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 maybe know that that's a felony and then don't don't do yeah. it okay there's that that piece okay but even let's strip away that for a second. And say there's there's this idea that you've got to decide whether you want to give Montrez Harrell more money and more years, and he could possibly be going to prison for three years, five years. So that yeah, to me that that's what I'm saying. Like if there was any opportunity for Montrez Harrell to come back, I think it sits comfortably at zero in my mind. Yeah, especially with Charlotte just wanting to move on anyway. But man, yeah, that's that's a lot. It's a lot of weed. You know, to have three pounds on you in those bags. Some people just like to keep a lot on them, man. That's just how it is. I don't and know. I listen. I don't know. I don't know enough to speak on it. Don't be, but it's like, don't commit felonies. I think that's going to be my. I'm going to retreat into the corner, <laughs> the easy corner. Is that? Of, can you put it on the crawl before we end today? Do you have enough time? Don't. Commit yeah, felonies. the hottest take I have is don't commit. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what class D means in the felony, but D in my mind means don't, as in class don't commit. Yeah. A felony. It doesn't. Uh, it's going to you. hurt your opportunities to continue to make money in the NBA. I think. Even you know, again, you know, the NBA is easing up on testing, or I guess they're not testing for marijuana anymore, and it's being legalized in more states. I get it. It's just we're not all the way there yet, and there has to be well, some saw, recognition yeah. that we're not all the way there yet. And you have to understand, if, especially if you're like tra traveling between states. You've got to understand what's going on there. So well, yeah, and especially I, I saw Nada talking about this on Twitter too. You know, like he's in L.A. and then he was in Washington, where it's decriminalized, and then he ends up in Charlotte. He's driving through Kentucky. Remember, he goes to he went to school at Louisville, so you have to think there's a connection there. And you know, he just got caught in the state where it's not really going to fly, like maybe it might in, in other states. So yeah, Montrez Harold, man, I hate to see it. But this happened, and uh, we're bringing it up here after a Charlotte Observer write-up takes place really a month after again. So this has kind of been in the game for a little while now. All right, that'll do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us, as you always do. Make your second listen, Lockdown NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leaf Tulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, the mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We have Jeremy Wu on tomorrow. He came up with my Woo. favorite mock draft so far that I've seen this offseason. Uh -oh. So we're going to talk with him more about the draft. We'll give you a couple of segments and then follow up with our thoughts on what Jeremy Wu had to say. So stick around tomorrow. This week, we got a bunch of great stuff coming at you on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Mm -hmm.